Welcome to the 4th Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the 4th Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time Arena Bowl champ, nine-year pro kicking coach, rep in the South, Coach Brian Jackson. Hey guys, Brian Jackson, Chris Hughesby here on the Fourth Down Experience podcast, and we're super excited because we have Bradley Pinion of the San Francisco 49ers here, a four-year starter as the kickoff punt specialist for the 49ers. Uh, Bradley, welcome to the Fourth Down Experience. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, thanks for being on the Fourth Down Experience. We've been looking forward to this for a while, and and actually have. Heard a lot about you over the years. Uh, we have a good mutual friend and business partner, uh, Tom Feely. So yeah. he, he talks about you quite a bit and uses you as, as an example in some of the things we do. That's awesome. I worked with Tom uh, from like seventh grade to ninth grade, and he really kind of got me started on a lot of the fundamental things for football. And so I know, I know Tom really well. So, Brad, like, I'm 5'6", and I'm taller than Coach Feely. And, like, in seventh grade, like, were you still, like, you're 6'6", six, six, so, like, were you taller than Coach Feely, like, in seventh grade? <laughs> oh, for sure. He was, uh, I towered over him, and he, uh, but he was, you know, he, he still knew how to coach me, and he still knew how to do everything the right way, so that was, uh, that was definitely taller uh, than him. No t- doubt in my mind, that was taller than him. Tom's great. He, uh, he's been a long-time mentor for me, and, and, you know, we've, We've enjoyed working with them. And actually, I was going to say at the end of the interview, but Tom had a user-submitted uh, comment for this interview, and he just wanted to say he's re- very proud of your success and proud of your character and your faith and, and, and everything you've done so far in your life. So he just wanted us to let you know that. Well, that's awesome. I, I'm going to text him and tell him I really appreciate that. Oh. All right, so, so we're just going to kind of just jump right in this. Um, Brad, uh, what's really intriguing about about your stats and your four years as a starter is you're a kickoff punt specialist and mm-hmm. it seems like over the last couple of years, um, obviously in the NFL it's been going on for a good bit, but now college we're starting to see a good amount of specialists uh, either handle you know kickoff and punts or we even see now one guy doing each uh, skill mm-hmm. set. Um, how has it been handling kickoffs and punt duties in the NFL for four years? That's been awesome. It's kind of all I know. Honestly, I did that. I did all three in college, so goals, kickoffs and punting. Um, and did both in college with kickoffs and punting. And then some field goals here and there. Um, but it's, you know, I, I really enjoy it. Um, I honestly don't think I'd know what to do if I didn't have kickoffs. Um, I, like I said, I, kickoffs are just kind of like my pride and joy. It was one of those things that kind of came natural to me. And um, I love just kind of seeing how far I can kick the ball, to be honest with you. It's kind of one of those things you can still, instead of having to place it and to do all these things, if you're kicking touchbacks, you can kind of script and rip. And I won't say it doesn't matter where the ball goes, but it kind of matters less when it goes out the back of the end zone. Yeah. So, you know, what's what's fun about this and following your career is, you know, I pursued the NFL, never, never quite made it, but I was a punter kickoff specialist. That was, like, my focus as well. So this is mm-hmm. this is fun to, like, talk this stuff and actually see what you – did to get to that level, you know, and, and that kind of leads us into the next like, question is, you know, as a, as a, as a punter focused, kickoff focused guy, you know, what kind of warm up routines do you typically do uh, to prepare for your game or in practice? 
Uh, so I always start with punting um, just because it's more of a linear movement, and I find it's easier to go linear than it is kind of that, I won't say a round swing, but kind of the, from a soccer swing to a punt swing. Um, it's a lot easier to go from punt to soccer swing, I guess is what you call it. And um, so I always start with punting, um, unless I'm just not punting that day. But I always do like a punt warm-up, um, which just consists of just stretching, getting loose, going through probably... I do 200 yards, 200 to 250 yards of drops every day. Wow. And then um, going from there, I go straight into kind of like hitting what I call passes. Um, actually, I do a swing pro of mine. I do a swing pro. And a swing pro, I mean, I kind of make sure my back swing's right, make sure my contact's right, and make sure my follow-through is right. And I kind of have it all broken down. It's, it's kind of hard to explain. You kind of just kind of have to watch it. And I break down the swing in kind of three different parts, it's the backswing, the contact, and the follow-through. I kind of make sure each one of those is on point for that day. Um, and then I start hitting some balls. Um, it's like, it honestly takes me a good, like, 15 minutes um, before I ever touch a football, um, just between the drops and the swing pro. Um, and then once I start touching the football, I don't really go right into it. I hate what I call it, call passes or piss rods, honestly. Um, it's just more of getting contact, make sure the ball's spiraling, turning over. Um, and with us taller guys... Um, we don't have to focus as much on hang time because it just kind of comes naturally um, with our long levers. Um, so I, it helps me kind of get that out ball. And so I'm not hitting 40-yard 5-0s. I'm hitting more so of 50-yard 5-0s. It kind of gives me an extra 10 yards doing this. Um, and then from there, I kind of transition into the normal punts. And then I go from right hash across field, right, or from, sorry, left hash across field, right hash into the alley, and then right hash crossfield, um, left hash into the alley. I cover all my bases, and that usually takes about, I don't know, I don't hit too many balls. Um, I'd probably say that's probably about 12 balls right in there, just kind of doing all that, making sure they're all kind of working, depending on the day, anywhere from 12 to 15, and then I kind of roll into our um, the actual practice of it when I'm working with my long snapper, working by myself, of whatever I'm trying to work on that day, um, whether it be open field punting or flips, or I like to call them, um, instead of rugby, I call them Americans, because I think Americans are better than rugby. <laughs> like nice. Um, so Americans, or whatever you want to whatever you want to call them. It's kind of depending on what, what you're working on that day. Um, that's kind of always my set warm-up, though. I've, I've done that since I was, I don't know, freshman in college. Um, and it's worked really well for me, and I haven't really changed it. Um, I've added some stretches, taken away some stretches, added some different things to get loose, but the actual kicking part of it stayed the same for many years. Nice. I mean, that's just really good feedback and great value for um, high school age, college age kids that, that are listening to this. Uh, I'm going to ask a kickoff question here. Uh, what's what's awesome about your numbers through four seasons is um, you're about a 75, 76 percentage uh, with your with your touchbacks. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you've had looking at the numbers here, 157 touchbacks out of 214 attempts. Yep. Sounds like, that's just like phenomenal. <laughs> Especially, you know, you're not in a dome. At <clears throat> no, we're, I, I would say San Fran's probably one of the windiest stadiums in the entire NFL. People don't realize it, but it's a tough stadium to kick in. Exactly. So it's just so impressive. So uh, my question is pretty detailed, and I think uh, you'll be able to knock this out of the park is, um, whether you're going for a, a touchback ball, you know, into the end zone, or um, a high hanging ball for coverage, 
can you maybe talk about the sweet spot and where you're making contact in the ball uh, for, for either kick? Yeah, so if I'm hitting just a, a touchback route because I have their regular, a regular kickoff, um, I cut the ball in half, and then I cut the ball in half again. And you take that bottom half, and you cut it in half again, and that's right where I want to make contact with it. Um, so like I said, you cut the ball in half, and you take the bottom half, and cut that in half again. So you're really cutting it in the fourth, and you're taking that bottom fourth. And that's right where I want to make contact with my foot. And I'm a little different than some guys. I actually roll my foot over um, and use like almost the same surface I would for punting, um, um, but with the, just like a field goal club. But I roll my foot over, so I'm <coughs> using more quad and getting more body into it. And I've kind of perfected that. It took me a while to do it, but I've perfected that. That's kind of what gives me that advantage to be able to kick all those touchbacks. Um, but the sweet spot on that, like I said, I'm going to kick off, just cut the ball in half, cut it in half again, and that's right where you want to hit it. And then for a hanging ball, um, for me, honestly, I try to kick the tee. Uh, I have, this is going to sound arrogant, but I have a stronger leg, so it's harder for me to hit those balls and not get them in the end zone sometimes. Um, so I try to come come down or come up through the bot, like through the tee. Um, and when I do that, it allows me to get the ball up high. And it usually falls within the five-yard line, at least in the 10, within the five-yard line. That's most awesome. Of the time. And that's kind of how, how I have had to train myself to do that, was try to almost hit the tee so I can get under the ball, get a fast spinning ball that's just going to hang. Yeah. So, Bradley, one thing that we like to preach in training, and I often tell a lot of punters, really, or just specialists in general, is that kicking and punting is pretty much leg speed and technique. It really doesn't matter your height, although having the longer legs help. What are and, and you've actually maintained a 43-yard average over four years, which is pr- really impressive. What are some things that kind of help you develop the leg speed that you know a lot of younger kickers haven't quite figured out yet? Um, I mean, I'd say on a pretty strict workout regimen, um, just building strength and speed all at the same time. Um, I don't just go like heavy squatting. I do like speed squatting or. Um, different things along the lines just for those fast twitch muscles um, to help me with that. But uh, honestly, i got to say I was kind of blessed from the get-go with that. Um, just being able to, when I first started, all I wanted to do was just go out and attack the ball and hit it as hard as, hard, as far as I could. And I honestly think that helped me. Um, but I think what helped the most is I did that, with try, did that while trying to perfect the technique and not just kicking the ball. Um, so now I actually have the capability to either attack the ball, but I can also place it because of the, all the work I did a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say, you know, I, I really don't do anything specific to try to keep that. It's just kind of something I guess I've never really thought about, but I guess kind of taken for granted. Sure. Yeah, you know, and everyone's different. Um, you know, doing these interviews with a lot of NFL specialists like yourself and, and other guys, uh, we've, we've heard everything, so it's pretty cool to hear that different take on it. Um, so here's a question, uh, you know, being a taller guy and even, you know, compared to being, you know, maybe a shorter punter, um, maybe talk about your drop table and the tilt of the ball. Like what would you, if you were coaching up like a 16 year old high school punter right now, um, whether you're five eleven or six, four, or maybe that doesn't matter, which we think so, but your take, like how would you teach the drop and the table and the tilt? Uh, for me, I kind of think it's the same. Um, it kind of depends on what type of ball you're hitting, but if you're just kind of getting a standard punt, um, I think your drop table is right off your hip. 
always when I'm coaching kids or when I'm working with myself, always say I want to shoot from the hip. Or if I'm in a um, on old timey Western movie where they're having a standoff and I draw from the hip, uh, I have the most likely chance of winning that shootout. But if I go out wide or if I come inside, then you're gonna lose the shootout because you're gonna have a, a less or a short or a longer get off. Get off, I guess is what you call it. Um, so I like to go right off the hip, um, straight out from the hip, no higher than my belly button. And that's kind of just my rule of thumb. Um, there are some times when you're in twist ball, and of course you have to go lower and kind of a nose down drop. Um, but I like my ball to be perfectly flat, um, kind of nose down um, slightly. But I also do something kind of weird. When I open up the ball a little bit, so instead of the laces being directly on top, um, I kind of roll the laces out a little bit to the right, almost to, I would say, 2 o'clock, if you have a clock sitting there. And for me, I don't know, it just kind of opens up the, what I would like to call the sweet spot of a punt, and it allows me to attack up through the, um, that sweet spot and try to get to the front of the laces, because I think a big part of punting is trying to get your foot to the front of the ball, uh, to be able to create that. A meaty part of your foot to, cur- to get to the sweet spot of the ball and it causes creating a spiral and all that good stuff. Um, it's kind of complex, um, but it's another one of those things that I've per- perfected and, or I've tried to perfect that definitely have perfected. Try to perfect. Just opening that ball almost gives me just a, a better visual um, is what I'd like to call it. Awesome. So then, <clears throat> you know, those those types of punts and then, and then your Aussie punts or like you like to call Americans – you know, over the course of a season, what what percentage do you kind of punt Aussie style, and then just a you know regular deep punt or or directional punt? Uh, it kind of <clears throat> depends on the game and the situations. Honestly, um, there are certain situations where I'll hit it American backed up uh, if the wind's strong. Or there's just it, that just kind of depends. Um, my general rule of thumb is anywhere around the fifty yard line, I'm going to start hitting it because it has a greater chance of going in the end zone, and I don't don't want to hit those touchbacks on punts. Um, but it really just depends. And a lot of guys, I hold the ball different on Aussies as well, or Americans as well, um, because a lot of guys hold the top of the ball almost like they're throwing a dart. Um, but I kind of hold, it's my regular punt grip, but I just move my hand to the front of the ball instead of the back of the ball. Um, and just hold it like I have big hands, so a lot of people that doesn't work for it. But it, I've, I've learned I have more control and um, can get it to spin backwards better doing it that way. Um, so that's just kind of something. I actually learned that from an Australian, um, and he kind of taught me taught me how to do that. Nice. Now, this has been an awesome interview so far, Brad. We probably have like three to four more questions left. Perfect. Uh, this is kind of a random question, kind of more fun, a little more fun question. I'm from right. Alabama. Uh, Chris is from Minnesota. Unfortunately, the Gophers are not in the top 25. <laughs> um, uh, rubbing it in already. Will we get there soon? Roll the boat, man. Roll the boat. <laughs> Your Clemson Tigers are number two. Yeah. You know, the Roll Tide's number one. You know, Clemson wins, Alabama wins. What do you think's gonna going to happen this year? Oh, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, uh, I think Alabama definitely makes it. I'm not sure if Clemson does. Um, I hope they do, um, but I'm kind of a realist. And I really hope they do because they're playing in our stadium this year, so I'd be able to go real easily. Um, but it's... Uh, I don't know, Alabama's a tough team this year. Clemson's got all the right pieces. Young quarterback. Um, but you're going to know, this is going to sound crazy, it's going to sound like I'm just making this up, but I think special teams makes a difference in the game if they play each other. Um, 
Yeah, our punter, our punter's good, but he's not great. I believe Alabama's special teams um, is better um, than Clemson's special teams at the moment. And I love our special teams coach, and I really hope he doesn't watch this. But um, <laughs> I just I kind of think that's the advantage that Alabama has at the moment. It's the same thing with the national championship, I don't know, two years ago, um, where Alabama got the onside kick and just kind of outplayed us on special teams, had a big kick return. And uh, I think that would be a difference in the game right now if we play each other. Yeah, you know, I, I think um, it just depending on the matchups and and where they where they get in, I think both teams will make the top four. Mm-hmm. And depending on the matchups, you know, I guess we'll see. Um, but you know, Notre Dame's kind of been just kind of coming out of nowhere, and they're looking pretty good too. Yeah, they look, Notre Dame looks real good. Um, I still think I mean, Clemson should win out. They, don't, they play like Duke and South Carolina over the next two games. Um, so we should win out, and if we win out, they have to put us in the top four. I don't know who Alabama has next, but I think they have to play a tough team in Georgia um, in the SEC championships. So that'll be a fun game, and uh, hopefully Georgia beats them. <laughs> yeah. nice. nice. Well, so questions. Um, we have, where I live in Minnesota, That there's a lot of Niner fans. <clears throat> so you often hear that the 49ers have very loyal fans, and I'm sure it's like that for every team. What's what's the Niners support been like for you in your your four years over there? It's been really interesting, honestly. Um, so I had big shoes to fill when I came in. Hunter Andy Lee, um, three-time Pro Bowler, played nine years, I believe, here. Um, was a heck of a punter. Um, and for some reason, San Fran thought they needed to switch out and go with this this tall, tall drink of water. But um, uh, but it was interesting at first. The fans loved Andy, so it took me a little while to kind of. Warmed them up to my style of punting. Two very different styles of punting. Um, but they've been really receptive. Um, and it's been awesome, especially this past year and this year, um, to see the fan support and to kind of get rooted in the fan base, the 49er faithful. Um, and they're, they're awesome fans and they travel well. Um, and I mean, we haven't had the best of seasons here lately, but they've stuck with us and um, it's been fun. So describe the Battle of the Bay game. You know, it's everybody's got their rival. You know, that's the Cross Bay rival. What's what's that game like? What's the atmosphere like? And obviously, you guys came out on top this last week. So yeah, no, no, it's an it's an electric atmosphere. Um, stadium was packed. Um, you couldn't tell who who basically who was the home game. I think we got a beat by a little bit in fans, but Oakland and San Fran it's a historic um, rivalry. Um, both teams were really good at one point. And, um, it was honestly a really fun game to play in. I think there was more fights in the stands than there was on the field. <laughs> um, it was it was kind of surreal because you never really see our stadium that way. Um, but to see this, what our stadium could be like um, when things really get rolling here, which they will get rolling, um, just wait and see. And it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. So I guess I have two questions left. Um, this is our traditional question we ask every interview. I'm going to make it a two-part question just because you played for Clemson as well. But we always ask our interviewees, tell us your top five stadiums you've played in. So I would, let's top do an NFL stadiums. version and then college version because you did ACC top games. Top five stadiums, college, um, <coughs> Death Valley number one. Clemson is an awesome stadium. Um, Florida State, um, that's a heck of a stadium to play in. Um, I played in the um, Orange Bowl. At Clemson, um, so that was the Hard Rock Stadium. So I guess you can kind of consider that college and NFL. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that was a that was just a fun game to play in. Um, so that's probably one of my favorite stadiums for college. Let's see two more. Um, Williams, I hate to say this, but Williams Bryce in Columbia. It's a good atmosphere. I hate Columbia, but it's a good atmosphere. Um, and then this is gonna sound weird, but I love playing in Syracuse. Uh, I thought the Carrier Dome was really cool place, really historic tradition. Kind of see Jim Brown up in the rafters. That kind of that was really cool. Um, for NFL. Um, I love playing at the Giants. Uh, just, just the way their stadium set up, it kind of feels like it's on top of you, and it's just really tall. And I, I love that setup. Um, I love playing in Chicago. Believe it or not, everybody usually thinks that kickers and punters hate it up there, but I love playing in Chicago. I think that's an awesome field, almost just like a spaceship getting ready to take off. Um, <laughs> it does look like, yeah, yeah. So, um, let's see. The new Minnesota Stadium is really cool. Mm-hmm. I'm fortunate enough to play there twice already. Um, uh, that's a really cool stadium. Houston's a really awesome place to play. Basically, all the domes. Hunters and Clippers love domes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't played in the new Atlanta Stadium yet, but I've heard it's awesome. And our stadium's really cool. Like I said, it's one of the tougher ones to play in um, just because of the winds out here. You never know what you're, what you're really going to get. And it's a challenge every week, and I kind of enjoy the challenge. Um, but... Uh, I think by far my favorite is the Giants. Nice. So this is my last question, uh, Bradley. Um, you know, you obviously get to hold balls for uh, a veteran of the yeah. league. You know, arguably one of the best out there. Um, in May of 2007, I actually got to go to rookie camp for the Bears, and I didn't get a chance to meet um, Robbie Gould. But you know, the the Coach to- Coach Tube and the special team staff talked about him all the time and, and how he adjusts to win and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been really fun to follow his career. And uh, what's it like holding for him? Maybe talk about his kicking style, some things that uh, you've noticed about him and as being a pro. And and, and, and how and how you adapt on the holds too with the weather scenarios. Yeah, so he's been awesome to hold for. Uh, I've been really fortunate to have played for probably two of the best kickers that I've ever done <laughs> it with Phil Dawson and Robbie Gold. Um, being able to play for both of them, which I think both are yellow jacket guys one day. Um, just to kind of see how they have two totally different mindsets and two totally different ways of doing things. Um, Phil was more of a, I'm going to kick a ton of balls and get everything right, and he's made a 20-year career out of that. Um, and Robbie's more of, I'm going to keep myself fresh, not kick as many balls, but I want to see a certain ball flight. Um, and the two totally different styles of swings, too. Robbie's more of a slowy, kind of let it go, let the ball fall from right to left, whereas Phil was like, I want my ball dead straight. I don't want it to fall any which way whatsoever um, type of guy. Um, but they both have, one thing that they both have was just a killer instinct and um, the willingness to work. Um, both of them worked their tail off in the weight room. Both of them worked their tail off on the field. Both of them were willing to go above and beyond in the film study. Um, and it's just... I've been really fortunate to kind of learn, I guess, what you call an old-school mindset from those those old-school guys. Um, but holding um, in different situations, honestly, just kind of – the only one that really affects holding for me is if you're playing in a right game. Um, the ball just kind of a little slow. I throw on some gloves and um, kind of takes care of it by itself on that when you do that. Um, another thing that kind of get weird is if you play in like a really soft field, like a Chicago, for instance, where the ball is – the grass is a little thicker. Um, you kind of have to watch your pressure of what you put down on the ball because then you know, the, the kicker can lose kind of where they want to see on the ball if you push down on it too hard into the grass. Um, that's kind of the only situations where you really have to worry about it. Uh, we have a great snapper here who I've had my whole time and 
confidence and he makes my job really easy giving me laces just about every single time um, and when I don't do something right like I said I've had two of the greatest all times that I'm holding balls for and I can usually I could probably put the ball down and not spin it whatsoever and Robbie or Phil would still have made every single one of them um, so it makes my makes my life real easy yeah, it's pretty incredible just to think about that and even just how precise snappers get and being blessed to get laces up almost every time. We, yeah, uh, it's, it's really awesome. I can kind of tell Nelly, is what I call him. Um, I can kind of tell Nelly, like, hey, laces were back on that one. He'll be like, all right, I got it, and the next one will be perfect. Um, so it's really really neat to be around such good guys that um, we all work really well together, me, Robbie, and Kyle. And we're a really close-knit group. So Yeah. Well, this is great. Um Bradley, my last question here is, is you know, we always like to give a little publicity to, to, to organizations people support, and we were able to find your, your, your Convoy of Hope, and yeah. and, and, and we want to, you know, let the, the listeners and the supporters of, of the 49ers and anybody that's a fan of yours kind of know about what you do and if they want to support, you know, how they can find it. Yeah, so Convoy of Hope is a faith-based organization that does disaster relief all across the world. Um, and they also do women empowerment, feeding children. I mean, they, they do it all. Um, they're a great organization. Um, I, I partner with them in my rookie year in the NFL. Um, you can find them. You can literally just Google Convoy of Hope. Um, a lot of times I'll be running campaigns for different um, disasters that have happened around the world on, my, on social media, and you can find the link at the top of that um, on my social media accounts. Um, but Convoy of Hope is, like I said, one of the best organizations you'll ever meet, faith-based organization, which is why I love them so much. Um, and just really down-to-earth guys that um, just want to help people. And they're, if you don't know about it, you need to check them out. Yeah. That's fantastic. Hey, Bradley, man, we really appreciate you being on the podcast with us. and uh, We wish you the best of luck for the rest of the season. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Yep. Thanks, Bradley. We'll, uh, we'll be in touch. And, yeah, good luck with the rest of the season. Awesome. Thank you. Yep. Take care. Right. Wow. Great interview, man. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah, man. So many good tips. I loved his uh, concept on the kickoffs, you know, chopping the ball in half and then chopping it again and, and then looking at that bottom quarter. That was kind of cool. And uh, Just hearing his, his whole his whole podcast interview was, was phenomenal. Yeah, we covered a lot in just uh, like a 20-minute interview. It, uh, it was fun. You know, obviously my favorite question is I always ask him about the stadiums and, you know, hearing, hearing what he likes and obviously a lot of – Kickers punters like the dome setting, and so that was cool. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. Like we mentioned at the beginning of the interview, you know, we heard a lot about Brad through Coach Tom Feely, and um, it's cool to finally actually meet him, you know, and, and get a chance to pick his brain. Yeah, uh, he, he knows what he's doing. You know, if, if high school, college specialists are listening to this, you know, replay, listen to it again, uh, because he gave a lot of really good nuggets and tips that, that can help your game. Yeah, and if you guys want to follow uh, Bradley, just on Twitter, his Twitter account is bpinion, which is P-I-N-I-O-N-0-5, um, and give him a little love and support, and I'm sure he'd be happy to answer some questions if you guys have, have punting and kicking-related questions. Last thing, guys, we just want to tell you, we are officially at the one-year mark of the start of our podcast. Um, actually, one year ago today was our very first episode zero podcast that went out and uh, since then, we've actually had 12,315 listens or plays of, of, of the various episodes. Just to give you just a quick snippet, these are our, our top five listen to podcast interviews. 
Number one, Pat McAfee. Obviously, everybody knows who he is. You follow the brand. You're a fan of the brand. A very fun interview. Uh, our second is, uh, I think it was our third interview overall with Saints kicker Will Lutz. Technically, our third uh, track was our very first episode zero, but we won't count that one. So next in line, a uh, long snapper interview with, with Thomas Hennessy, who is the Jets snapper. And then Sam Finken with the Rams at the time. And then we finish it up with an interview with Harrison Butker. So uh, all of those were fantastic interviews. And, and really, every interview was awesome. It's unique. There's so many golden nuggets on it. But uh, we just want to thank you guys for the year's support you've given us so far. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. Make sure to follow us, Fourth Down Experience, and all of the social media platforms. And tune in next week for another interview. Yep. See you guys later. Have a great day. Bye. Peace. Hey, what's up, 4D Nation? This podcast has been brought to you by NKR, the National Kicking Rankings Platform. It's the new and innovative national evaluation and rankings platform for kickers, punters, and snappers. Launched in 2017, this camp offers you a great balance of athletic evaluation and instruction. You'll get honest feedback and rankings, exposure to college coaches, but this camp is brought to you by credible coaches with experience that will deliver a high-quality and detailed instruction to you. NKR offers an active social media platform that will give you proper exposure to all the collegiate outlets. This camp was developed by Brian Jackson, Chris Hughesby, and Tom Feely using a proven camp format from the last seven to eight years that specialists have come to love. Many of the specialists have received opportunities to play at all collegiate levels, including Power 5 conferences. If you'd like to attend an upcoming camp this offseason, visit www.nationalkickingrankings.com and check out the camps page. Or follow us on social media on Twitter at NKR underscore camps. That's NKR underscore camps. Or on Instagram at National Kicking Rankings to learn more about us and follow our growth. Come see what all the hype is all about and check out nationalkickingrankings.com. Pat McAfee, how's it going, man? Life is good. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to chit-chat about Fourth Down. I've listened to the Fourth Down experience before. I've heard a couple conversations. I like what you guys are doing. I'm excited to be a guest here. This is awesome. You and Gary Vee were probably our two biggest influences just to give us confidence to go forward with the special teams podcast. So thanks for everything, actually. No problem. That's a real honor for you to say that. I appreciate it. Uh, I think my approach to the game is something that people could enjoy, so I thank you for doing that. And me and Gary V, uh, being in the same sentence is truly a beautiful thing. I like that guy a lot. Thank you for listening to the 4th Down Experience. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 4th Down Experience.